From Hypebeast Radio, I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. Okay, before we get into it, I'd like to give a little disclaimer that this episode does contain some very explicit material, explicit language, and explicit references to sexual matters. So yeah, this week's episode is basically rated X. And it's fitting, because in this episode, we have quite possibly the most prolific and successful adult actress, maybe ever. There's probably not a single person in this industry that has achieved this level of longevity, output, and creative expressions to her body of work. And to me, irrespective of what industry you might work in, it's a major achievement. In fact, when I heard about all her achievements, I kind of related it closely with sports and athletics. An athlete that can sustain for this long, achieve this many trophies, and then come out a champion on top is very rare. In the adult industry, maybe a thousand times more rare. So I knew that while on the surface, this might seem like an odd pairing for the business of hype, I also suspected that a lot of gems could be gleaned by having a sit down with this week's guest, the one and only Asa Akira. I think people probably will at first glance of seeing this, wonder why someone in porn is on the business of hype. Do you think it's weird too? Or do you think like, no, this makes sense? Well, I think it makes sense because porn has been my job for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So like to me, it's very much a business. Yeah. I think maybe when I first went into porn, I would have thought like, yeah, what is a porn star doing or anyone in porn doing like on a business related anything like to me it looked like a hobby from the outside the way you think is it the way the majority of the people think in porn yeah i I think it's pretty hard not to once you've been it in it for a while but i mean yeah like i I think even even like escorting is a business you know (laughs) like yeah it's well if you're if you want to excel at it you mm -hmm. should treat it like a business right yeah yeah, you know what? You're right, because there are definitely people within the industry that probably don't look at it as a business, mm-hmm. and those are the people who are like unreliable. They don't get that much work. They never really get to a high place in their career, and they probably don't want to either. Yeah, you know, right. They're probably like, oh, shit, rent's due tomorrow. I'm going to go shoot a scene mm. and <laughs> pay my rent. Would you say a lot of people operate that way in the adult industry? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, that's like as a consumer... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the outside, the percep- <laughs> the overall perception is that everyone is just trying to like do a quick thing to make ends meet or like do this for a little <laughs> bit until like they pay off college or something like that. But I don't know if that's actually the truth in the for industry. Sure. I mean, you know, yes and no. Um, I kind of like because I, I think I looked at it that way, too, going in. Mm-hmm. But like now that I've been in it for a while, I kind of like resent that outlook because or that perception just because it's like. I think the common joke we grow up with is like, oh, well, if I can't do this, I can always just do porn. Mm-hmm. But porn's actually pretty hard <laughs> um, yeah, to really do hard. well. Yeah. <laughs> or even to and do, e- like, just yeah, to do it, it's hard. It's yeah. hard, you know? Like, first of all, you're ruining your life. So already that's, you know, <laughs> that's one Who huge thing. So? It ruins your life. I mean, even <laughs> I think I'm the best case scenario in porn. I've been so lucky and I've you know, seen like a good amount of success, but I, yeah, there's, I, I definitely ruined my life in a lot of ways. Like I, there's so many things I'll never be able to do. Mm. Um, you know, I can never work with kids. I can, 
hardly be in a photo with a kid without like thinking like, oh shit, is this going to be okay? Where is this oh, going? Really? Yeah. Or, or like, um, and then just like a lot of things mm-hmm. that, you know, I've completely closed myself off to. I'll never be a politician. Not that I wanted to, but yeah. you know. A religious figurehead. <laughs> yeah. For example. <laughs> well, maybe I could be like a cult. Right. Cult person. Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, do you think about that when you were going into the industry or you didn't have any sort of like, no. Okay. I honestly, like, I wish I could tell you different, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really became a serious person in porn. Like I consider myself a pretty serious person now. <clears throat> like porn got you straight. Oh, totally. Before <sighs> porn, I was on drugs. Uh-huh. I never thought about um, like saving money mm-hmm. or career, the future like, or career yeah. or anything. Like I was really living day to day. And then the, <laughs> the adult saved industry me. saved you. Yeah. You yeah. are definitely the rarity, I think, in that one. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I think... I think for a certain kind of person like myself, porn has been the perfect job. Mm-hmm. Like it really has. Like it, I joke and say it saved me, but I think it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given me like a lot of things that I didn't have before. Like even just on a, aside from money, just like mm-hmm. on a personal level. Like I have self confidence. I have a, you know self worth. Um, but I think for most people in the world, this is this would be the worst job in the world because yeah. because you're ruining your life. And also just because most people at the end of the day don't want to have sex on camera for money. Like mm-hmm. they just don't. And that's that's the norm. Yeah, right. So Interesting. Okay. Um, I do want to segue just, to, just quickly because there's some current events that just occurred that mm-hmm. are very interesting. Um, so Pornhub just had their first uh, award show. We did. And you're the host of it. And by yes. the way, you also have a podcast on Pornhub. Yes. What is your deal? Like, what is your title with Pornhub? So uh, my title there is brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. Um, Aria is actually like the brand ambassador. Yeah. Um, Aria has been on Hypebeast Radio. She and has. she controls the Pornhub Instagram account, right? Instagram, all social media. Okay. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. It's all completely her. Mm-hmm. Like, no outside voices. She's on the marketing team. Yeah. Like, she's she's a lot more involved than being, like, just a, a pretty face. Mm-hmm. And you're um, just the pretty face. I mean, like, I like <laughs> to think I do a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm more... I'm, I'm not as heavily involved in, like... Like they don't the come to me for day. like, yeah, yeah, I don't work in the office. They don't come to me when they're trying to put together a marketing plan, mm-hmm. right. um, you know, nothing like that. But I do. So like as brand ambassador on like the porno side, I do their podcast. I host it, um, which is called the Pornhub podcast. And then I also do a bunch of like YouTube videos every month. And not, then Not porn though. <clears throat> not porn. So you don't then, your contract with Pornhub is not based on having sex on camera. Yeah, isn't that like the most ironic? It's the thing? most, and it's because <laughs> Aria doesn't either, right? Well, Aria has never had sex on camera. She's allegedly. No, <laughs> I mean, as a personal friend, I yeah. can pretty much. I'm pretty sure she hasn't. It's she's ir- very yeah. She's not like that. Okay, but it's super <laughs> ironic that brand ambassadors for Pornhub mm-hmm. don't have to make pornos. Yeah, and it's funny because like when I when I joined with Pornhub, oh. I had just left my Wicked contract mm-hmm. with Wicked Pictures, and like and that was a full on just sex contract, like just as a performer. And 
so like I was in this weird place where I was like, I had just entered a new relationship. I wasn't sure like how much porn I'd want to be shooting. Mm -hmm. I had gotten used to this like working once a month thing for Wicked and like doing other things on my own time. So like when I started talking to Pornhub, I was kind of like, I'm not so sure like if I want to be in another contract for sex Mm -hmm. and like have to meet that quota. Mm -hmm. Um, I need more time to think about it. And they were like, oh, we don't even care about that. So Did you feel slightly insulted? (laughs) <laughs> Where you like, wait, why don't you care? Yeah. You? <laughs> no, we, we don't want you to get naked. No, keep your clothes on. Right. It's like, well, now that you don't want me, I want to. <laughs> what I want to establish here is the fact that Asa was able to separate herself from her original form of income, sex on camera, to becoming a voice of the industry and someone who was able to establish herself as a businesswoman. She'll never admit that she is one, but she's definitely someone who found her way beyond a single successful career. So many folks who succeed in business find their lane. There's nothing wrong with starting out in the field because of a paycheck. But keep your eyes and your mind open for opportunities you may not have initially anticipated. It might lead you to some amazing places. So part of that, as we said, you hosted the first ever Pornhub Awards, um, which was very interesting because... (laughs) Like Kanye West was part of it, right? He like, I don't understand how that happened. Uh, you know, I... How did that happen? See, so like that's, that's one of the things like Aria was involved in that I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so from what I understand, it all started, I think, because Kanye went on Jimmy Kimmel, the late night show, yep. and he mentioned Pornhub. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Jimmy Kimmel had asked him like, oh, now that you have daughters, like how has that changed you or something? And he was like, well, I still go to Pornhub every day. So it was kind of established he was a fan. Is that how he got the Lifetime membership? Uh, Yes. Okay, from that show. Yes. Got you, okay. I believe so. And then I guess the conversation started. I think the conversation started and then next thing I knew, he was like talking to our VP and um, there were talks that he was going to be the creative director of the show. Mm -hmm. And it, it it was like one of those things like, we weren't, I think they were negotiating like right up until the very last second. Mm-hmm. So we weren't sure what was going to happen. So in my mind, there were like two shows being planned almost. Like there was the plan that we were originally going yeah, with. Plan and B. then there was plan B, which was if Kanye. Kanye yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably plan A, right? Because yeah. <laughs> plan we A wanted. go, is plan A what we saw? Is it the Kanye yeah. show? Okay. Mm-hmm. It was so, yes. So what ended up happening was Kanye did was the creative director mm-hmm. of the awards. So like kind of within the last few days leading up to the show, um, like a lot of like myself and Aria and like a bunch of other uh, presenters, like anyone who's going to be on stage, yeah. um, we got like wardrobe fitted by Kanye. Like he wanted to dress us head to toe. Um, so your outfit was actually a Yeezy outfit? Yeah. Like, well, he, he made the dress on me. So they literally took fabric and draped it and sewed it on me. It, like prior or like backstage? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't literally backstage, but it was like in the day or two before the show. Mm-hmm. And they had previously, like they, they basically like took over like the Ace Hotel and like it, it was crazy to see like he basically completely like I mean, I guess on that level you can do things like this, but they took an entire floor of the Ace Hotel mm-hmm. and it became a factory. Um, like hotel rooms. 
It wasn't hotel or, rooms. It looked more like conference rooms, okay, maybe. Okay. Um, and like and sewing machines, sewing and machines, seamstresses. and then there was like an entire room that was like a huge room that was just like the glamour team, like sewing wig, wigs on girls' heads, doing <sighs> nails. Like they went all out. And in porn, we're not used to that. Like <laughs> in porn, it's like bring your own wardrobe. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Um, maybe we'll have someone on set to do your hair. And was Kanye himself heavily involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he was he doing fittings and stuff? Mm-hmm. What? So there was an initial fitting without him where they brought all these dresses that they thought would look good on each individual girl. Mine did not look good because my body looks a little different right now. Mm-hmm. And then so like the next day Kanye came in and like he just like kind of he had this girl like drape things on me and like gave, he was just like standing right in front of me. It was very like a vulnerable feeling to be um, like butt naked and they're like solely to be judged by like a very famous person. Like I, I don't know. It was, I was like, I was kind of shell shocked. I was like very quiet. You never met him before, right? I never met him. And like, usually I don't like meeting celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't like, I, I can't act like myself. Like, I'm obsessed with celebrities. Like I turn into a weirdo. Uh So it was like that, but super heightened because it was like, he was there to judge the thing on me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh God. And you were naked. And I was naked and it was just, uh, I didn't like it. Really? (laughs) It was exciting. Was there any banter? No, he was so all business. Like, and it was very cool to see like how his team worked. Like, they really respect him mm-hmm. and like everything was like, no, remember Kanye doesn't like when it's too ruffled. Like it, it was just like, it was, it was really cool. And it was like a huge team and I, I've never been a part of anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, like it, it was, it was just so different from porn. Yeah. Like so different. I imagine that's what it's like at like a high end fashion house where like the head designer comes in and like everyone knows the vision. Yeah. Right? And and then like everyone was like suddenly a little bit elevated when he walked in. Like a you military know? style. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like everyone was more on their shit uh-huh. when he came by. And then also like it was so different because I think, you know, I think though they on his end, everyone was like trying to create this vision of like almost like a fashion show where mm-hmm. everyone's this part of a cohesive story, a term they kept saying. And like, <laughs> and like it, a lot of heads were budding because like for in porn, every, everyone in porn is used to managing their own brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a look. Like, for example, they wanted to put me in a blonde wig. And like, that's the thing I like really, really, I was like, no, like mm-hmm. I've always had black hair. Yeah. I don't want a blonde wig. And you, I'm like hosting you put your the foot thing. Down. Yeah. And like it was. Oh, I, that's I very interesting. Don't... You're right. You're, so your identity is not the Asian with the blonde hair. Right. But on this platform, it would have people, your fans would have been like, what the fuck? Like they would have been like, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I understand and respect what they were trying to do, but also like at the same time I have to worry about my, it, it was, it was definitely like contentious a little bit there yeah a little bit but you won obviously like you yeah you had black hair i mean yeah but like yeah yeah <laughs> if, if i won that battle uh-huh. um how about the but, fact that you're were exposed oh, that i was i was great i was like oh i love this dress i loved my dress <laughs> <laughs> was that kanye's idea yeah and it was one of those things where they were draping a thing on me and like 
my tits just happen to be out. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's leave it like that. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then both. Let's do the, let's do the yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so... Wow. I, I liked it. And I also kind of feel like it felt cool because it was, I think, porn awards, it's this weird mixture of like mainstream and the porno world. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I think a lot of us, like, me too, like... It's very confusing because it's like, well, we want these, we want this to be able to be like mainstream friendly and consumed by like regular people, just, you know, not there to watch porn. But at the same time, it's like we're celebrating porn and we're celebrating the fact that we like suck dick all year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I thought it was cool to be able to like show my tits and be like... Oh, like this. This is what the Pornhub awards yeah. are about. Some and I saw some clips of it. Like some women just walked out buck naked. Yeah, like that. Like Kanye was like, "I have no more fabric." <laughs> she was wearing, in her defense, she was wearing Kanye's shoes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she gets a win there. Um, but th- was he like familiar with your work? Did he say like, "Oh, I'm a fan" or anything? No, no. Maybe he, he doesn't watch Asian porn. He doesn't touch the Asian category, maybe. I think he was also, yeah, maybe. Like, he was very, like, um, I don't think he, I think he, I don't know if he was trying to purposely or not, but, like, he was very, like, all business. Like, no cold, nonsense, almost cold. Almost cold. Almost cold. Um, but, like, I guess that makes sense because, one, he had a show to put on in, like, a few days. Mm-hmm. And then, two, also, I think... I think when you're like at that level of fame, probably like anything can be taken as. No, I have a theory because I met him hmm. a couple times okay. and he was super jovial, I would say. Okay. And I think because he was with, um, A, because of the work and the deadline at hand, but mm-hmm. I also think because of his known reputation for being a fan of porn, mm-hmm. he didn't want to go in there and like get too excited. He almost like had mm-hmm. to check himself. And by checking himself, he had to be like, I'm here professionally. I'm not here <laughs> to do a gangbang scene, you know, because it could slide that way really fast if yeah, you got too friendly, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think so. I agree with that. Um, he didn't want to like, you know, pat any butts and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, no. And like, even when he was saying certain things, like he he like always used the words like breasts and like he never said like tits oh, or okay. anything too vulgar. And then he also like he was also very like um, yeah. He he just didn't want to come off like vulgar. And he was always like, you could tell he would think before he spoke, uh-huh. which isn't something I would like attribute to him. Yeah, I mean, usually. exactly. And I mean, this is the guy that puts in his lyrics, like, you got your asshole bleached. Yeah. So it's like for him to be like, oh, you're, uh, you yeah. know, your breasts. We yeah. Should, yeah. But you know what? I really appreciated like as much as like, I, I think Kanye is like an you know, obviously a really extreme person. And, mm-hmm. like, there are so many things he's done publicly that I'm like, ooh, like, that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really, like, um, I, I was really impressed and, like, thankful for his um, kind of cadence and kind of, like, just, like, he 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 never allowed his team to, like, say anything disrespectful, which sounds like not a big deal, but important it is. Yeah. And then, like, and he was very sure to, like, just everything he said, he was really sure that, like, his team understood that, like, they were to, like, respect everyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, and he kept saying, like, these women are superheroes. Like, we need to, like, present them like that. And, like, he That's was, dope. it was, it felt very yeah. positive. And everyone followed 
instructions and and like mm-hmm. followed in line. Which, oh, totally. So, which makes me think, when you do see like a crazy outburst from him, mm-hmm. is that part of the act? Man, I, it because if he's so constructed, way, right? Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's like, at 4.30 today, I'm going to go on the show and have an outbreak. Here's my script. Like, <laughs> and people will think I'm crazy. That's the plan. It almost seems that way. It's, it's one extreme or the other, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because another thing he kept saying was like, he kept saying like, I'm trying to think like, is this something my wife would say? Is this something my wife would wear? Is this like, like he, you could tell he like really was kind of like, his relationship to, I think, women, like, is really through the lens of his wife, almost. Yeah. Which is so, like, present... Like, you can tell he's presenting it in a certain way and, like, really cares about, like, how it's presented, like, mm-hmm. how it looks. Yeah. So I can't imagine a person like that is just, like, going on stage and saying random things. Yeah. Unscripted. Yeah. yeah. Emotionally. But maybe... I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, know. I didn't... Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really cool experience. And Did you feel like his creative input helped a lot with the production of the show and everything too? Yeah, for sure. I think it looked awesome. And and not only that, I think, you know, uh, the porn industry seems to be really like divided in, I mean, in matters when it comes to Pornhub in general, the porn industry is really divided. Mm-hmm. But the show specifically, it seemed like a lot of people were like, oh, Kanye just came in, took advantage of the porn industry for like, quote unquote street cred kind of thing and then like dipped out Mm. but like in my eyes it's like well I don't know to me like anything that normalizes porn just a little bit Mm -hmm. to have someone as mainstream as Kanye come in and be like endorsing porn basically to me that's cool like I I think that's a positive thing for us Mm -hmm. so like it helped a lot Yeah, I think so and not only that but you know there's the one sort of normalization of porn, but also the other thing I think even someone like me who's like on the industry side who knows what goes on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the assumption is that like this is Kanye's not actually doing anything. He's just like mm-hmm. they cut a deal. It's a sponsorship deal. He slaps his name and his yeah. face on it. But to hear that like they rented a floor at the Ace, there were seamstresses there. He was yeah. draping like yeah. Oh, he was he was very very involved, and and you could tell like his team when he wasn't around was doing everything. For like on his word. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy to hear. Yeah. I've heard stories about like with his work at Adidas that he would just unannounced, unexpectedly go to a factory in China and the factory owner would be like, um, there's no schedule here, uh, but we just want to see the samples now. <laughs> like he would just go on hand like that. Like it's crazy. But I that's how obsessed that. he is with the, yeah. the final product. Yeah. I th- yeah. And also probably in combination with the fact that like he's Kanye, like I, I I really saw that like at that level of fame you can get away with anything. anything yeah. Like you just tell people what to do and they do it. Yeah. You know? Porn can probably take you to lots of unexpected places. And it's wild to hear Asa talk about being vulnerable during the process of creating looks for the show under the direction of Kanye West. But imagine that a new director came into your company and immediately started to criticize or reinvent the look and feel of something you've spent your career building, it'd be difficult. But like I mentioned earlier, this is about business and how you choose to handle yourself in challenging moments. Asa found her focus while being starstruck and centered herself. And in the aftermath, it seems like she's happy with how it worked out in the public sphere. So after the show ended, uh, 
did you sort of have a moment and maybe you didn't, it's fine, mm-hmm. but of like where you were personally, like Asa, like in your career, like now you're, you're hosting an award show, Kanye West is dressing you, like where porn had gone and where you had gone. Did you feel like this was like an echelon? Like, did I have a profound moment? Did you? No, I never do. Though. When's the last time you had one? Like, never. <laughs> <laughs> I I have this problem where like I'm unable to enjoy things in the moment. Okay. Like, even in retrospect, you don't like. It's oh, got to be super retrospect. It's got to be like, yeah, that's way too close to it. Okay. Like, it needs like maybe a year from now, I can be like, hey, that was really cool. That time I got to host an award show that was directed by Kanye. Why is it because you only like to live in the moment? You don't want to. No, it's it's not like anything um, great like that. It's just, I think it's like a flaw. Really? <laughs> yeah. But you've you have to be proud of yourself that you see the sort of laundry list of adult actresses that just get old and stop working but you've yeah. managed to pivot and pivot and pivot again like four like at least four times I mean thanks for saying that but like <laughs> I like for me like I'm so I'm a pretty anxious person and like I'm always like well now what like mm-hmm. this that was it for me <laughs> this it's, it's over. over yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh so I I'm pretty like driven by anxiety fear. and like my fear yeah. and like my own like, yeah intense fear of like failure. So the, and we'll get to some of the things that you've pivoted to that make it like your brand of business. Mm-hmm. How strategic is it that like I'm going to pivot to podcasting, to books, to you know like? Um, it's become more strategic over the years. Mm-hmm. I think like for example, when I got the book deal, that was the book deal was the first big mainstream thing that happened to me and that well no I should say DVD ASA was um but that was that was just organic very organic like I was friends with Dave Cho Mm -hmm. he was he always wanted a radio show I remember since the day I met him him saying that and for those who don't Um, know DVD ASA you should go is it still are they up I don't know I don't even know did Dave pay the hosting fee on this like Honestly, I think like if you hunt hard enough, you can find yeah. them. So Google it. It's it's well worth a listen. DVD ASA. You were a guest. That's stood, how I met you. Yeah. Which stood for what? Um, so <laughs> when we were coming up with a name, like we were really obsessed with this concept of DVDA, which is double vag, double anal. Like we couldn't stop talking about on, it. Is that a category? I mean, it's like. Double. I think maybe like two people have done it. Oh, okay. So it's like two dicks in the ass and two in the pussy at the same time. Uh-huh. So four. Have four you at done once. it? I've never done okay. it. I've done DV and I've done DA, uh-huh. but I've never done DVDA. Right. That's and like I don't the know. gold medal. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know that I, I'm not even on that Degree level. of difficulty like 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like a bonus point. Right. Okay. So, so originally we DVD wanted, a, and we then wanted your to call it. SA. Well, we wanted to call it DVDA Incest Radio. We were also obsessed with the concept of incest at the time. And this was, the world was different back then. Sure it was. Because now it's fine to do, now it's fine yeah. to put incest in your title. Yeah. That's, so like, but his manager was like, mm, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we were like, oh, David Asa, DVDASA. Yeah, perfect. So, and then. And then for a while it was called DVDASA Incest Radio, like for the first like five episodes. <laughs> and then we took out the incest yeah. radio part. But like yeah, it so was... Yeah, so listen to that. It's really good. And that was, I think that exposed you to a lot of people outside of... For sure. Porn. For sure. And at the same time, I was also like, I think I 
did a lot of like things for like streetwear brands mm-hmm. and like like photo shoots and stuff. Photo shoots and, stuff. Yeah. and that's just honestly f- just from being from New York. Mm-hmm. I just knew a lot of people. Yeah. Um. So you used and to then, live near Reed Space, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. around the corner on Rivington. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I used okay. to go to Reed Space all the time. So like, you're a every streetwear. boy yeah. I've ever dated was obsessed with Reed Space. Nice. So it's good to hear. <laughs> that's my type. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. And then, like, so DVDASA just fell into my lap, and it became this big thing that neither of us thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I got the book deal. Oh, literally from that. Yeah. Well, he he, my book agent is Dave's book agent. Okay. And like, so I met him through him, and then he was like, it, it just like I feel like such an asshole because like a lot of legit writers out there, you know, it's hard <laughs> to get a book deal, and I'm like, it just fell into my lap. Did you already have a book in mind though prior to that? Like Mm-mm. you knew. Really? No, oh, not at all. They're going to hate you now, though. For I, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But I've always been like a huge reader mm-hmm. and I've always journaled. Yeah. And I, I love David Sedaris, mm-hmm. like that style of writing. So as soon as I talked to the book agent, I was like, I want to do a book like a porno David Sedaris. Mm-hmm. And then um, I handed in a chapter and then we just went from there. Um, so, so that just fell into my lap. But then, like, the second book was definitely more strategic. I was like, I want to be like known more as someone who writes. Yeah. And then from there I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get more writing gigs like for random publications and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um and then when DVDSA ended, I wanted to do more podcasting, so I was at Barstool for a while. And then um and then I actually approached Pornhub about the Pornhub podcast. Okay. They that wasn't really something they were like looking for. Mhm. But I love podcasting. Yeah, me too. It's like... Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get too far into the career, mm-hmm. I want to go back in time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you should understand that ethics aside, we're going to talk about <laughs> someone who works, you know, in the adult industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you once told me that you know for a fact that no matter how bad it gets, you'll never be broke or homeless. <laughs> yes. Why? Because I have a vagina. <laughs> but I think it's beyond the vagina, right? Like you're willing to use the vagina. Right. Every, it's vagina plus intent, right? <laughs> or, or like plus totally. low standards maybe. Just, you know, I, hustle. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. However you want to frame that, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I think, I mean, for, I, I can, on a logical level, I can understand that most women do not want to have sex for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, obviously, (laughs) but like, it does drive me crazy when like, I'll see like a homeless woman. And of course in homelessness, there's mental illness, you know, a lot of other factors. factors. It's not like they just didn't want to work and now they're homeless. So we're only talking about that level of homelessness. Right. We're only for that small group (laughs) of homeless. Let's call them bums. Let's call them bums. True bums. Yeah, true yeah. bums. Yeah. They're like in their hearts, they're <laughs> bums. Bu- I want to start a clothing line, true bums. <laughs> but like, you'll, I'm you'll like, never, you have a yeah. vagina. Like, use it. Use it. You, okay, let's not just talk about vagina. But like you have an asset. Mm-hmm. It could be your ass, your vagina, mm-hmm. your breast, whatever. But like um, this, I think about this all the time, mostly because of the advent of like Instagram celebs mm-hmm. and how like, you know, they provocatively show this and that and they monetize off of it, whether it's through gifts or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever hookups. Um, and like the idea of prostitution mm-hmm. on whatever level, whether you are an Instagram star or you work at Hooters 
or you have sex on camera, mm-hmm. to me, it's all playing in the same pool. Totally. It's just whether you're on the shallow end or the deep end. I totally agree with that. And like, I think that goes even one step further. And then I think like everything is prostitution. Yeah. You're like selling your time is prostitution. Yeah. Like, have you seen that meme? <laughs> that always sounds so douchey. When, <laughs> <laughs> when that's the start. Okay. Tell me the meme. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for money? And someone says work 40 plus hours a week. <laughs> mm, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> but like, that's, yeah. to me, that would be. Crazy. That would be crazy. And like, <laughs> I mean, not just like, okay, I, I do probably end up working 40 hours a week on, or more on my, like, just on the stuff I do. But like, <laughs> Which I can't imagine being masturbation, like, you mean. yeah, masturbation or like working on my brand <laughs> or like, <laughs> you know, like, but I think like, I, I think if I were an accountant, mm-hmm. for example, like I hate math, right? Yeah. But there are people out there who like hate their jobs and go at nine to five every single day. And to me, that's like that, that is torture. Less, that's crazy. Yeah. That has like less integrity than what I do because I'm doing what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, to me, that's the real prostitution. <laughs> when you're doing something you don't want to be doing yeah. is the real prostitution. Yeah. Like solely for money. Yeah. That's, I think so. My mind's kind of blown right now. <laughs> this is not- no, you're really flipping it. Like, I can see what you mean. Like, if you're an mm-hmm. accountant and you're like a paper pusher mm-hmm. and you hate your job, but you, you know, there's people that have been doing it for like 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years, right? And they just do it day in, day out. And that's the norm. Yeah, or it's I know. Expected. That's probably 90% of the population. Yeah. You think that is worse than someone who enjoys having sex. Yeah. But doing it on, like, you know, getting paid for that. Yeah. Like, I think, like, the garbage man that enjoys his job and has a good life is, like, way more respectable than, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, the high-paid whatever. I don't that even have the vocabulary life. for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hates their life, yeah, and is yeah. miserable. Asa, in her own unique way, sums it up perfectly here. Do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And I personally believe that, as a society on a whole... We shouldn't be so quick to be judgmental. After all, who's to say what is quote-unquote a high-level or low-level job? If you love it, do it and get yours. I don't care if you drive an Uber, deliver pizzas, or sit in the corner office in Wall Street. Love it first, do it with everything you have, and that to me is the secret to a successful life. So do you think everyone in some capacity is a prostitute? Yeah, I do. You do? Like, I I never get mad when someone's like, oh, he just got that girl because he's rich or whatever. I'm like, who cares? Like, we're all using what we have, whether it's your sense of humor or your success or your good looks or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. at some on some level, you're using everything you have yeah. to be able to get laid, right? Yeah. If it happens to be your looks versus yeah. your intelligence, what difference does it what make? Difference? It's an asset. Yeah. Yeah. Like- Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's finish this now. We're done. <laughs> no, okay. Um, you, you've gone through all the levels of um, what it takes to sort of market yourself from using your body, right, mm-hmm. and your sexuality. Um, porn is obviously, to me, like the sort of nth degree of it, right? The most mm-hmm. extreme of it. But you've also done like um, stripping, mm-hmm. right? You've done camming. Is that the word? Kind I don't know. of, yeah. Like camera, like 
selfie camera thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you've done dominatrix. Mm-hmm. What else have you done in that realm? Like in, in like sex work, I, I've escorted before. Okay. With two people. I mean, like two clients, I guess. Okay, you've escorted twice in your life. I, no, it was like, because one, one of those people I escorted more than once with. Okay, but you've escorted with two humans. Two, yes, two multiple Johns, times. if you will. Okay, two Johns, multiple times. <laughs> yes. Got it. Have yeah. you ever like, this is so lame, but have you ever like worked at Hooters? <laughs> no, I've never, I've Which never worked at Hooters. Which to me, by the way, is the same thing. It's like yeah. Hooters and whatever. It's like, you're just, you know, the concept is if you wear like a tinier shirt, you get more money. Right. If you wear tighter orange shorts, you get more right. money. Yeah. So until eventually there's nothing at all until, and you get the most money. Yes. And then you move on to Spearmint Rhino. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Have I you, mean, same thing with like the waitresses at a strip club. Mm-hmm. They always eventually end up stripping because they see how much mo- more money they could be making Interesting. for so much, like for essentially the same thing. Interesting. That like it's, the so work isn't that different. Right. But is there, do they think they're like better than Val? A hundred percent. And I mean, even at every level that happens, I think like, like porn stars and escorts are like, it's really common for us to like not understand why the other one isn't who's doing the, what we're doing. Who's higher on the totem pole? I there? mean, I guess it depends who you ask. What's, ooh, you've Obviously, done both. So what's your opinion? I think... I think it's the same. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, of course, the fact that escorting is illegal is kind states. of a factor. Yeah. But I think it should be legal. Mm-hmm. So right. um, on, like, an ethical, moral level, I think it's all the same. But porn may be a little bit worse because yeah. y- your name is Googleable and, like, yeah. you're seen everywhere. And you bring shame to your family. <laughs> <laughs> you shame that your family. I mean, yeah. It's... <laughs> That's that's the craziest thing to me, actually. When I see girls in porn who obviously don't want to be doing porn, I'm like, just go hook. Like, it's easier. It's faster. You get more anonymous. money faster. Yeah, and it's anonymous. You don't have to ruin your life. You could still go on to have, like, a full-on yeah. career. Literally, at the same time, even, yeah. maybe. You could have yeah. a day job and hook. Totally. Like, Moonlight is a hooker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, why are you doing porn yeah but yeah yeah this is so interesting to me but yeah like strippers always think like like strippers think they're better than hookers but Mm -hmm. hookers are like no you're the dumb ones like you could be making so much more money for like yeah almost the same thing right so it's hilarious yeah there's definitely a hierarchy but there's no objective yeah (laughs) order there's a there's a coffee shop near where i live Mm -hmm. and the barista there Right, legit coffee shop. The barista is quite attractive, and you know she uses it to her advantage. She wears like, you know, midriff exposed, yeah. high cutoff shirts, tight jeans, and like you go there at six thirty in the morning, and she's like, done da- up, done up, right? <laughs> and her little cup with dollar bills is overflowing, and I'm like, man, you know what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. She's using what she's got to serve yeah. coffee. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you, you have to. But you've also, you've dabbled in fashion too, right? Like, Not, no. You, didn't you work at Visionaire, yes. which is like the most prestigious fashion magazine ever? <laughs> yeah, but like I wouldn't even say dabbled in fashion because it was an internship in high school. And like, so I went to this high school called City As in New York mm-hmm. where like we, we did internships instead of going to school. <laughs> okay. It's for like, 
It's for dropouts that are trying oh, I th- to graduate. I was about to say it's for gifted people. No. It's the opposite. No, it's the opposite. Okay. There was a daycare in the school. You, and you have to oh, be 16 to go there. Wow. <laughs> and to enroll in City As, you have to currently not be enrolled in any other school. <laughs> like, okay. it's, it's straight up for, like, degenerates. Okay. So, like, so I went to this school and, like, obviously everyone there is just looking for the easiest for like mm-hmm. the easiest internship to get the credits, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you're not trying to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like one of them was like, I was assisting a photographer who just, I knew would like let me smoke weed all day <laughs> and like do nothing. <laughs> so when I signed up at Visionaire, like I was like, oh, it's close to my house. It sounds cool. Like I knew what it was, mm-hmm. but I've never really been into fashion like that. So like I didn't, like I was going there like in sweatpants and stuff. And like, Everyone was so mean to me. <laughs> it was honestly the, the most degraded I've ever been. <laughs> Work, hold on. Working at Visionaire was the most degraded yeah. Asa Akira has ever felt in her life. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. You had like... I know, like 11 <laughs> guys coming in my eyeballs and Visionaire was like the most degrading thing. Because they just made, made you feel like crap they every day? They made me feel like crap and like they were so mean and like... I mean, okay, and you have to think, like, I was looking through the lens of a high schooler. I was already trying not to like anything and complain about everything. And, of course, I was being a brat. I was going there in sweatpants. I had zero respect for the fashion industry. I didn't have any knowledge of it. Now, as an adult, I look back and I'm like, of course they treated me like shit. Mm -hmm. Like, an internship at Visionaire is something, like, people dream about and, like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like they You didn't and, respect it. Yeah, and like everyone was like dressed up every day to like the nines, like and and like <laughs> you came in in your sweats. Yeah. And this was even before like athleisure. You know? <laughs> right. So it's I couldn't it's, I didn't it's even hard have to that. remember that time before yeah. athleisure. So like and and like, you know, there's this kid here who like doesn't know anything about the fashion world. And the fashion world to me seems so like cutthroat. Everyone's so fast. Like it's mm-hmm. so like you're really judged on like I feel like what you know and like who you know and like yeah just, it's ruthless it's ruthless yeah and I wasn't ready for that and and I didn't deserve to be there. Do you still think fashion is more ruthless than porn? A hundred percent. I mean, even even having done the Kanye thing, I thought that like like you it emphasized it that you're oh, like yeah. oh yeah I don't want to be in fashion yeah oh yeah <laughs> I, I don't have the um. The balls. <laughs> the balls for it. No, I'm so sensitive. Like, there's no way. How are you saying you're sensitive? You f- on camera. Uh, but I can't handle, like, like if someone, like, yells at me, I just cry. Like, <laughs> I've never been in a fight. Like, I'm not, like, a tough. Don't people, like, choke you out, though? Yeah, but that's out of love. <laughs> if they were doing it out of, like, if, if someone choked me at Visionaire, I would have, like, <laughs> I would have been traumatized forever. <laughs> right. Like, Different choking. Yeah. Oh my god, this this is amazing. Oh, I wanted to touch on this one. Um, mm. So Drake recently, you know, baby mama. Mm. Uh, I think her name is Sophie Brousseau or something like yeah. that. Who? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, big news. Baby mama is a porn star, and mm-hmm. you were like, I saw you on Twitter, like, while everyone was sort of speculating on like who's the kid, like who is this porn. You're like, she ain't a porn star. <laughs> yeah, like, most importantly, <laughs> most importantly, she is not a porn star. And yeah. why? What is what is the definition? This is another thing that really varies depending on like who in porn you speak to. A lot of people in porn are actually like, if you haven't been in for X amount of years and done X amount of scenes and won X amount of awards, you're not a porn star. It's kind of like the supermodel thing. Uh-huh. 
Um, but like, it's not just if you have sex on camera, right? But like for me, mm-hmm. your, your think, definition, yeah, like my definition, like if you've had sex on camera with another person, you can be a porn star. Like if your life can be ruined, you're a porn star. And why? Why didn't that apply to Sophie? Because like she, she's she's never even like sucked a dick or eaten a pussy on camera. Like to me, like you're an Instagram <laughs> model, uh-huh. like at best. <laughs> And probably like not even a popular one. Yeah. So like, okay, I she don't didn't know. deserve the title. Yeah, like, but it's, it's more about like you don't, you can't say that about yourself because then you can't absorb the same stigmas that you have to battle. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, it's not fair. Like, you haven't, you, you can't just reap the benefits and not have to like pay the consequences. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not fair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad you take an activist stance on that. It's it's kind of like it's like the porno version of like when white people are like all lives matter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like that's not your place to like just I seem like a all yeah. lives matter. Yeah, yeah, I it's like it. obnoxious. Right. Um, you mentioned about ruining your family name before, mm-hmm. right? You uh, you have a family; they're New York based. Mm-hmm. How is your relationship with your family? I'm really close to them. Um, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. I live two blocks away from my parents now, and like. We're a really close family, which made it a little harder, I think. Um, when you told them what you were mm-hmm. getting into? I didn't tell them. Okay. How far into your career did you finally admit it? I didn't. Well, I mean, they found out. They found out on their own. Yeah. And I still don't know how, and I don't want to know. <laughs> My mom said <laughs> she saw something on TV, which is like impossible. Why? Because at, at six months in, I wasn't doing anything on TV. Okay. So, so like if someone told them. Someone either told them, I, you know what? I really don't know. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. It's so We're going to dive into this right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Maybe your dad watches porn. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> no, I hope. Oh, God. Why would that be disgusting? Like Ugh. every man watches porn. Not your dad, though. You know, I feel so hypocritical in saying that because I feel like everyone should be entitled to their sexuality except my parents. (laughs) Like, like in my mind, my parents, like either I was made in a test tube or they had sex the one time to have me and that's that's it. it. Like, I don't, ugh, gross. (laughs) But, um, yeah, they found out and if I could turn back time and like change one thing, it would be like, I would tell them myself. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was kind of like hoping that they wouldn't find out. Yeah. And did you have the sit down of like explaining what it is that you do, why you do it. No, all that not stuff. really. That's on the calendar for the future. I mean, no, not really. <laughs> like they called, my, my mom called me and she was like, I saw something. I know what you're doing. She was crying. Oh, and my mom's man. very like, she's such a, you know how Asian moms are. They're like, oh, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Um, what are my friends going to think? That's like a huge one for my mom. Um, her friends, I mean. Yeah. Um, so... It's you must have been devastated too. For, I was devastated. Yeah. yeah. And like I knew I knew that I could have handled it better, but like mm-hmm. I also felt like I don't know, like on one hand I'm like I should be able to do whatever I want with my life, but on the other hand like I do feel really bad for my parents. Yeah, for sure. I have that guilt for How sure. How many years in was that? That was 6 months. 6 months in. in. Okay. Yeah. So like it sucked and then you know, ever since that happened like we don't talk about explicitly about work mm-hmm. like I, at the po- I'm at the point now like 10 years in where I can be like 
I'm on set or like I can be like I'm going to work yeah. or whatever. I'll never be like I have to do an OnlyFans session. Hold on, let me call you back. <laughs> no, not, no, not. I, but but I'll say I'm working. Yeah, you know. Oh, you say that? <laughs> yeah, I say that. I say I'm working, and my mom knows what it means. Yeah, you know, my my dad doesn't seem to care it quite as much. It's more my mom, but like they know, they mm. know. Or like when I'm going to a convention, or if I'm hosting an award show, I'll say I'm hosting an award show. Are there family functions that you attend? So my parents are the only ones in New York. From Japan? Yeah, from Japan. Okay. So no. And like my mom, I used to go a lot to like, if my mom was like going out with friends and stuff, I would go with her. But like now, not at all. I, I, if I put myself into your parents' shoes, yeah. it's so conflicting because mm-hmm. yes, you have a shameful profession, mm-hmm. but you're killing it. <laughs> Like you're being so AZN about it. Like you're so overachieving that like on the one hand, there's got to be a part of them that's sort of proud of you. I don't think they know though. And I can't explain it. Really? They don't know about social media? They don't... What am I going to say? Like, hey mom, I won the best anal sex award. Like, no. No, but that you have like, I have a million followers. They must understand that concept. Yeah, they would. But like I don't, I almost don't even want to rub it in their face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but like people come up to me all the time when I'm with my parents and want a selfie and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And so like, they're like, "You're a celebrity." So they they understand that like I've had some level of success, but they also don't know like within the industry like does everyone have this amount of success? Yeah, they no don't know. Frame of reference. Yeah. And women come up to you too, right? Yeah. That must confuse them. <laughs> yeah. I, they're like, "Oh, good. Wait, there's yeah. women doing it. Maybe Especially it's not that bad." Yeah, well, my parents are, like, very much from, like, a place in a generation where, like, women don't enjoy sex. That's mm-hmm. not a thing. Yeah, traditional Asian, yeah. Yeah, and, like, my parents are very, like, they'll never understand. Like, I've definitely tried to convey to them that, like, I'm doing porn because I want to. Mm-hmm. But, like... They don't believe you. I don't think they ever truly will. Yeah. I don't think so. I think there's always going to be a part of them that thinks, like, well, she probably got fingered when she was like five or, so, or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, she's a victim. Yeah, somehow. she's a victim. And you don't believe you're a victim at all, right? No. Yeah. No. Asa brings up some interesting points that go beyond the scope of business here. Parents. And while it's not normally a subject we tackle on the business of hype, it's definitely a factor. How many entrepreneurs struggle with whether their parents will be proud of them? And how often does that drive their motivation? It can definitely change what we pursue. Asa made the decision to follow her compass and avoid bringing it up with her parents, but eventually it does come up. I know lots of entrepreneurs who still have a tough time explaining to their parents what they do, but at the same time, they also don't need to ask for help because they stand on their own two feet. The bottom line is you can't please everyone. And as much as many of us feel inclined to work towards that, It's taxing enough to run a business or build your own brand. So at the end of the day, let that be your guiding light. I have a theory of why I'm in porn, though. Okay, what's that? So my dad, but like, this is not like official. (laughs) It's just my feeling. Who would officialize it anyway, (laughs) except you? I get it notarized. (laughs) Um, So my dad's a photographer. And when I was little, he took like a ton of photos of me 
all the time. Like I have so many photo albums at home of just like me existing. Like a lot of my life was documented. He's a professional photographer. He's a professional okay. photographer. So like this was even before cell phones and before like everyone was taking photos. Yeah, like yeah. my dad just always had a camera and was always taking photos of me. Mm-hmm. And like even I remember like like going to his studio and like being like standing in for lighting and like, you know, just like stupid stuff like that. And so I think like somewhere in my mind, I equate being filmed to being loved. Mm. And then when I became a sexual person, I think like somehow that kind of also imprinted on that. that, Yeah. Yeah. And now, cause for me, like the great thing about porn is having sex on camera. Like that to me is the part that gets me off. It's not like, it's not like, oh, so many sexual partners, blah, blah, blah. It's like the fact that there's a camera oh. and people watching. Okay. Like, that's the part I like. How about sex when there's no camera? Well, that's why I didn't like escorting. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I thought in my mind, I was like, ooh, that's hot. Like, maybe I'll be like, like, that's, I almost looked at it like a fetish. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wanted to try it. Yeah. Like, just getting paid for sex and feeling empowered by it mm-hmm. and like feeling so wanted and then when I did it and then there wasn't a camera like I don't know it was just like a different thing and I was like oh okay I guess do you literally like the camera or do you like the whole production of it like the catering and the hair and makeup and like no the camera the camera because like even even like I remember even in like when I was way too young to say like having sex with like my first boyfriend like he would always like take photos of me with his disposable camera Mm -hmm. And like, I love that. that. Okay. Yeah. So when you have sex with your boyfriend now, do you put mm-hmm. a camera up? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's for like thing. the personal collection. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the personal archives. <laughs> um, and what do you tell, like, when we're talking about your parents, like, mm-hmm. has a young person coming into the industry, mm-hmm. or maybe even like someone who's not in the industry yet who's considering it, have mm-hmm. they ever asked you, like, hey, should I get into the yeah. adult industry? What do you tell them? Do you All advise the them on it? I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I give them things to consider that, like, I wish someone would have given me to consider. Mm-hmm. And, like, I got lucky, I think. But, like, for me, like, I would do porn if it, it like, porn is not worth it if you're doing it for money. Because it's not that much money. It's not as much money as people think. You're not set up for life. It's not enough money where, like, you don't have to worry about post-porn. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you're still going to have to make money after porn. Yeah. Um, It's not... Like that, and then like. Okay, so wait. I let's think, let's reference this a little mm-hmm. bit. So I, I I have to Google this, but maybe the average U.S. worker. Mm-hmm. What's what's like median salary now? Like oh god, I 50, don't know. Fifty thousand, maybe forty five, fifty thousand dollars a year. I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, so what is it for like an adult actress? I mean, it's more than that. I'm gonna Google it right it's now. It's more than that. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, like you have to think on average, if you're a brand new girl, depending on how hot you are and how big the hype is around you, mm-hmm. for a boy-girl vaginal sex scene, so like one boy, one girl, and it's in your vagina, you'll probably make, for a brand new girl, between 800 to $1,200 that's per pretty, scene for one day. And that takes how long? And that takes anywhere between two hours to 24 hours. 24 hours <laughs> Yeah, of it can take work? really long. I mean, there's no union, so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, I, that's rare. Uh-huh. Uh, most productions are like you're in makeup for an hour and a half. Um, you do photos, you do a tease. Like most days are yeah. about eight hours. Okay. You know. So average U.S. income, $44,000. Okay. So. It's more than that. It's more than yeah. that. Yeah. 
But it's like, um, is it cash basis? No. Okay. It's everything's it's on the books. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's so that totally, sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Drug dealing's better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, hooking in that way is also better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the same, it's a lot of money, but also it costs a lot of money to do. Why? What's your, what's your expense? Oh God. Like hair, nails. And like, it sounds Working dumb, out. but you're expected to do these things or else you won't get hired. Cause. What do you mean your own hair and nails? Mm-hmm. But also the constant upkeep of your body. Right, yeah. totally. Like Botox even. <laughs> I mean, it sounds dumb, but it's these things matter, yeah. you know? You have to like work out and keep your body in yeah. shape. Yeah, if you fall apart, you'll and then, yeah. Yeah, you'll and then, work. so everything costs tanning. Um, oh, testing. We get tested every two weeks. We pay for that ourselves. It's mm. 150 bucks. And it's mandatory, right? It's mandatory. Um, it's not like legally mandatory, but it's no one's going to work with you if mm-hmm. you're not tested. Right. Um, so it's, it costs a lot of money. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, you're an independent contractor. So like you're paying for everything. Yeah. So are you, is you're literally 1099 mm-hmm. by every yep. company you work for your 1099. And it's a disaster From at a, tax season. Yeah. The attorney, I mean, the accountant must be like, yeah. so it's attorney, I mean, uh, accounting and attorney fees are crazy too, right? Yeah. Like. Accounting fees are crazy. And then if you produce your own stuff, it's even crazier because then you're also paying people. So that's a whole other thing. Are you set up as a like I'm an LLC. Okay, LLC. Yeah. Okay. Um but it's it's just it's a lot of it it ends up being honestly kind of a normal job. Right. There is a lot of upfront expense that you have to cover yourself. Yeah, and then you're also in like a high enough tra- tax bracket where like you're getting taxed a lot mm-hmm. and it's right in that middle ground where it's yeah. like not worth it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just grazed it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like really like you're not making enough money for it to be like worth it. So you would advise only if you truly love the work. If you would do it for like a normal paying job, mm-hmm. then do it. Sure. Um, and also know that it's going to ruin your life. Yeah, that little thing. You know, thing. <laughs> your f- friends and family will find out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even in this sort of like 2018, 2019 mm-hmm. world, it's still not cool and kosher to do that. No. We're still no. very... Do you think we'll ever get there? I don't... I mean, I th- I would like to think so. But, but also like... I kind of like that it's so taboo. Like mm. that's part of what drew me in. And that's too. part of like the business of... Pornhub and like you yeah. porn and stuff like it's the tabooness, right? Yeah. If it became Wonder Bread, it, they'd yeah. lose their cachet. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And there'd be something really gross and disgusting that supersedes that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. 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 And we'd be into that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I I think I, I also think eighteen is too young. Like, okay, eighteen is too young. Yeah. But that's the legal age, it's right? It's the legal age. What do you think is the right age? <sighs> I don't even know. I mean, I guess 21 just because like it's like random number. <laughs> a random number. But like, you know, at 18 like like I have tattoos from 18 that I regret. Uh-huh. Like it's just too young to be making a decision like that. I Is think. that when you officially got into it or I wasn't I, I was 23. Oh, okay. And I'm glad. The business of porn is in fact a business. And Asa has provided some insightful perspectives. Her struggles have been real, but I think she's done an incredible job of drawing plenty of parallels to other industries. The notion of porn as a taboo is one of the most profound points that she brings up. It's important to be impartial when you pass judgment on other people. 
Hey, isn't the advertising industry dirty? How about working for a company that pollutes the environment in favor of profits? The lesson is to build your own path with your own gauge of ethics. Asa found other revenue streams, and now her journey is more about using her mind and her voice, not just her body. So, what happens next? You have an announcement you want to make? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think by the time this comes out, I'll already have announced it. But I'm pregnant now, so there's that whole thing. <laughs> How does that feel saying that into um, a microphone? <laughs> weird. Like I, I feel like a little like bashful. I guess. Yeah. It's it's weird because like parent becoming a parent is something I've thought about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like my my two books were like almost entirely about like am I going to be a parent or not, and like so I, I I had so many conflicting feelings about it, but now that I'm pregnant and now that I'm in a relationship where I could like see myself parenting, I'm kind of like oh okay like I think I think I got this. Is this the first time you've been pregnant? No. <laughs> oh. It's the first one I'm keeping. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> so there's there must be something about the now that you feel like yeah. this is the time. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. It's it's the timing and also the person I'm with. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two main factors. Also yeah, like I I think you know Five years ago, I was still in a place in my career where I was like only thinking about shooting porn. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't. Like it was what I loved to do the most in the world, and I just wouldn't want anything to, to interfere just, yeah, with that. Right. But now I'm like not really shooting like mainstream porn. I'm you know I do my own like OnlyFans and Model Hub and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. Right. It's so. Um. This is gonna be you know something that you're going to have to deal with, mm-hmm. which is first your child. Do you know the sex yet? Mm-hmm. It's a boy. Okay. <laughs> so if it was a girl, she would have found out about like you. you like, at, like Well, you know, as a girl, she would have found out when she was 12. Now he'll find out when he's like seven. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. what's your ex? Have you thought this through? Yeah, a lot. And this is, that's the main thing I think. <sighs> I think that's the main thing I always told myself was like why I wouldn't have kids mm-hmm. is because like I remember being a kid. It was hard. Like yeah. any, everything. Any little stigma in school and like you're just trying to hide that. Yeah. I didn't even like that my name was awesome. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just wanted to blend in. Totally. Be normal. Like if my parents came to school, I was so embarrassed. Yes. And like they were normal people. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if my mom put like a fortune cookie in my oh bag, I'd like hide that oh shit. Oh my like, God. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, like I had smelly lunches, all of that, you know. And now? The typical yeah. Asian stuff. But like, so, but I can't even imagine like, oh, I saw your mom getting ass fucked on the internet. Like adding that. What is your hope? Kidding? What is your hope for like... <laughs> Greenland? Is that the solution? <laughs> <laughs> Just get out. Yeah. Change my name, join the witness protection program. I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like anything I say now is like I'm going to like hate myself for it once I actually have a kid because I'm sure things change, right? Like mm-hmm. once the kid's there, I'm going to be like, oh, I was so ignorant and I didn't know shit. But right now where my head's at is like I hope that I can like raise a kid that's so like sex positive and non-judgmental. Obviously I want him to be like uber feminist. Like I, I'm hoping that the blow will be less harsh. Mm-hmm. 
Because he'll have the confidence to... He'll have the confidence. Yeah. And, like, he'll... I, I want it to be a norm for him. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I really want to, like, raise him in a sex-positive household. Like, my household, like, if people are kissing on TV, like... Change the channel. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad will get up to go to the bathroom, and then my mom will change the channel, and then we'll, like, quickly talk about something else awkwardly. Like, it's it's yeah. not... You know, sex is not welcome in that home, and uh-huh. I don't want it to feel like that for my kid. Yeah, but um, your your life is the extreme opposite of that. So mm-hmm. I think it's finding the the balance, middle ground. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. tough part. That's okay. So let me ask you this hypothetical: mm-hmm. If he is eighteen and he's like, mm-hmm. "Mom, I want to do porn," mm-hmm. you're gonna beat the shit out of him, or or you're gonna like have to embrace it. Oh man, the hard thing is like. I believe in ugh, it sucks because of <laughs> course, first of all, the whole internalized sexism thing, like I'm like, oh, it's a boy, who cares? It's not really even ruining his life that much, you know? Yeah. But also like okay, like if I had a daughter and she wanted to go into porn, I think I would feel a little bit more like I, I would really want to like be sure of her intentions. And make sure that she's like me and not like the other girls. If Which that means, makes sense. yeah, I know, but that but means like. But how am I like, going to know that? How much do you really like fucking? <laughs> like on a scale of one to ten, it yeah. better be like fifty or above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a yeah. good. That's a conversation that moms want to have with their girls, right? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, man, that's hard. Uh, I mean, if if I could, I think I could come to terms with it much more so than any other parent. Yeah, for sure. Because I have an understanding and like I, I, at least I know that someone like myself exists, like someone that likes doing porn exists. Mm-hmm. So I'm not coming at it from a place where like that's impossible. Yeah. But, but like, admittedly I would, it is yeah. like a lotto ticket. It's like one in 10,000 or 100,000. Yeah. And like years. you have to get so lucky too, you know, like yeah. the right company shot me at the right time. I came in right when like there was a need for an Asian girl who does anal, like it, the stars really aligned for me, you know, yeah. and there's so much room for you to get like taken advantage of because it's hard to like just Google how to get into porn and not get taken advantage of. There's so many scammers out there and mm-hmm. like, you know, so it's, I, I guess I would want to like, I, I guess I'd like tiger mom it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, I'm getting you an agent and, right. and we're setting you up a savings account. Yeah. And no, I mean, I no, don't no know. lessons though. Yeah. <laughs> don't do the, don't do the lessons. Yeah. This is, this is how you gape really well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, know. Well, speaking about some of the luck that you have in the, mm-hmm. and the payoff that it's come out to, um, you have a bunch of deals and I want to talk mm-hmm. about some of these deals that you yeah. have and sort of how they're structured. So you have a, a couple of licensing deals, right? Mm-hmm. You you are one of the few people in the world that have like a real doll, like a doll yeah. that people can fuck. Yeah, but I don't think anyone's ever bought it. Because they're like, <laughs> what, $5,000? They're literally $7,000. Yeah. Yeah, and, they're very expensive. Okay, how, how do you like the quality of your... Oh, she's amazing. Really? She looks so much like me. I, I did a photo shoot with her. Like, it's hard not to call, re- refer to her as like a person or as like her awesome. or she. <laughs> yeah, like it's, she's so human. Like, Do you have it's one? crazy. I don't have one, no. It's also, you know, for a while I was like, maybe I should get one. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they cut me a deal. Yeah. But like, it's also like, where do you, where does one keep that? I think that's the biggest problem with a real doll. Yeah. 
it's like they need to make it like not inflatable because that they've done that right but a, and that's cheesy somehow a closet like a nice closet for it like an armoire yeah but like <laughs> it's also like yeah you either have to be someone who's like i am a person that lives with a sex doll <laughs> or you really have to have a huge house yeah <laughs> with a shady ass basement yeah <laughs> um but that was like so that's a licensing deal meaning you get some sort of upfront and yeah royalties. if it ever sells okay all right. I'll get a percentage. I don't even know what the percentage is. But um <laughs> But the money making thing that you do have is mm-hmm. a fleshlight. Yeah, that makes money. That makes mm-hmm. money. Okay. Yeah. That's and that's like like I always say like it's it's like an athlete getting a shoe is like a porn star getting a fleshlight. It's, it's the rare. same thing. It's rare. It used to be more rare. It's a little bit more common now, but it's still pretty rare. Like it's it's it only goes to like you have to be like really popular or mm-hmm. you there has to be something about you to get a fleshlight um if they don't just pass them out it's a sneaker deal it's a sneaker deal cool for sure uh did they really like is there a real molding process yeah. really yeah what's the process i even got remolded because mine was so old <laughs> your what was so old your vagina My, yeah, was so old and yeah and the mold of it yeah why it changed i mean i guess that's Maybe the mold broke because it was so old. <laughs> you broke the mold. Of I your broke, literally broke the mold. I what don't know. What is the process? You like sit in you... a paper mache? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. And it's warm and nice and feels like a spa. Okay. And like sometimes like they'll, they'll ask you to like put a vibrator on like your clit right before so it gets like a little bit more engorged mm-hmm. and like easier to mold. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like exactly what you said. It's like a paper mache <laughs> thing where yeah. they okay. mold your three holes. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the what's mouth the, is the third mouth hole. is on the fleshlight too. Yeah. So it's a it's mouth. It's just like lips. <laughs> it's mouth and then vagina and then butthole. No, but they're all. Th- it's three separate products. Oh, I see. It's okay. not like a. Okay. Not like a Swiss Army knife no, of it. No. Did I just invent like the new product for them? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like you just flip it over. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned books. Mm-hmm. How is that on the financial scale? The first book, I made a lot of money. Um, my advance was pretty big because it was my first book. Um, the books after that, not so much. Two books after that, right? Yeah. I, I edited one one anthology and then I also wrote another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think books are great money. I, I think obviously there's people out there who make a lot of money doing it. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're not the Malcolm Gladwell of porn, but you probably are actually. You're probably the most highest grossing adult author. Okay, sure. (laughs) Well, no, not even. Probably Jenna Jameson. Really? Oh, and now Stormy. Yes, Stormy. Stormy's book's going to for sure make the New York Times bestseller, I think. I mean, how could it not? Yeah, it for sure will. You should have fucked up president. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You had a short stint into candle making. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a hobby gone wrong, honestly. Because you made every candle, right? Yeah, I was hand pouring everything. But like, here's the thing, like, I love candles. Like, at my house in LA, I went around and counted all the candles once. I had 86 candles. Wow. Um, out on display. That's like not even (laughs) including my backup ones, Uh like, in the shelves. Holy shit. So like, and then I had a friend who started... Um, Wait, a you make a lot of line. money. That means you make a lot of money. Like, <laughs> what if I, I have? Because if I if I had to buy eighty candles, even of the shitty Bed Bath and Beyond ones, like oh, I don't go to Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, I'm you, sure. I go to Home Goods. 
Oh, that's it, where you get the cheap candles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But even if you bought eighty of those, it's a lot of money. To I mean, spend over on, time. But know? at one time, you had eighty candles. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you're More, like, I'm gonna, I could do this. So yeah, like my friend had a candle line. Robert Brink, you might know him. No. Um, his company's called the Hundredth Acre. And he, so he, I was like, hey, will you show me how to pour candles? Because like maybe I can like pour my own and stop spending so much money Mm -hmm. on candles. And he showed me and I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And then I started just like thinking about scents I want to do for myself. Yeah. And then somehow like in a, (laughs) some kind of manic, I don't know, thinking I was like, I'm going to start a candle line. That's dope, I think. And then, well, yeah, but I'm such a control freak that like I was going to outsource everything obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, oh my God, but if I do it myself, it'll only cost me X amount per candle and I can make this much profit. So there was a time when I was literally, I would wake up at six in the morning, start making candles until 10 PM when I went to bed. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. like. And you, tur- you did it in your kitchen? I did it. No. <laughs> well, I was married at the time mm-hmm. to this a other guy, yeah. a different guy. Yeah. And like, no, I wasn't going to like, you know, subject him to like that. <laughs> so I, I had a home office that I, I did all like my writing and like kept stuff in. And so I turned that into like a mini candle factory in my house. Um, and the candles were like, they had really great names and yeah. scents. What were they again? Um, Strip Club Locker Room was one. Daddy Issues was like the bestseller. Yellow Fever had like Asian notes. And like, it was so fun. Like it took me three months to like develop the sense mm-hmm. and like, you know, like work on all the logos and stuff like that. It was so fun to create the brand, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then when it came and testing the waxes too, like that, the formula took me three months. Like mm-hmm. it was crazy and it was so fun. And then when it became a business and like, I started like getting like back ordered and like, that's when I was like, I can't keep up. Why like, didn't you outsource then? Because I was still too much of a control freak. Oh. And like, I, I was just like, no one's going to be able to like, <laughs> do it the way I need them to. <laughs> and I, I honestly think that was like part of my divorce. I think many entrepreneurs listening to this might be able to relate. You're tired of the day-to-day nine-to-five hustle, so you find a creative outlet. And you find yourself having the time of your life. You're being creative, productive, and self-sufficient. And many will probably go about it the DIY way that Asa did with her candle line. But then, even if all goes well and business starts to roll, it becomes just that, a business. And all of a sudden, the passion project becomes the job. And that escape from stress will now becomes the source of it. In my opinion, this comes down to knowing when to find help, find partners, or delegate and outsource. Know what you're good at. Recognize what you love about the process and stay focused on that. Allow others to come in and assist. Know when to let go. It turned me off of candles. Like <laughs> basically like when I I let everything sell out and then I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I just closed the door to my home office and I didn't open it for like months. <laughs> like I just couldn't With even look in there. With pots and pans and wicks and everything. Yeah, just... and there was like wax all over the floor and like just disgusting. <laughs> like, ugh. Well, there was a demand for it, so maybe you should. Yeah. You should collaborate with a candle company. 
Yeah, I actually just started looking into like outsourcing it mm-hmm. again. Um, but it's so much more expensive. So I'm like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, you should structure it like your fleshlight. Right. Licensing. That's right. It. Yeah. Right. I have to put myself in a different mentality, is mm-hmm. what it is. Right now, it's too much like my baby. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah right. it, it can't be that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And then you have the, um, you have the Pornhub contract, mm-hmm. right? Which you said that you sort of like structured in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And do you think that um, there's a career for you in porn after childbirth? Oh, that's a hard question. Isn't there a whole category dedicated to that? Like a Well, MILF yeah. or pregnancy? Because both. <laughs> no. There's pregnancy? Of course there's pregnancy porn. But it's so, <laughs> like, it's such a fetish that I don't know that. Yeah, but MILF is big, right? MILF is huge. MILF's like the biggest category there is. Okay. But MILFs aren't actual MILFs. What are MILFs? Like, Lisa Ann doesn't have kids. You know oh, what I mean? They're just older. They're it's just like the older. senior league. They just play MILFs on TV. Yeah, okay. it's the senior league. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Although that sounds mean. They, and they're like the biggest stars in porn right now. So right. A lot of them. So, so, okay. So do you think there's a career for you? I don't know. I, I did just sign on for another year with Pornhub. Okay. So like I'm going to continue. As brand ambassador though. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to continue that. I mean, definitely we're like kind of restructuring the whole contract so that I don't have to be like on camera. Mm-hmm. For you know, a few months after I give birth and stuff, and while I'm like super pregnant looking, because right now I'm like still, I can still hide it. Um, but man, I don't know. Like, like I do the OnlyFans thing, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. Like, I, I still don't know. Like, am I gonna do that while I'm pregnant? I have like, I have enough stuff backlogged where I can continue uploading th- footage. As With, though you were fresh. As though I'm, yeah, like I plan on being honest about it, but like I'm also like, do these people even want to see me pregnant? Like yeah. that's such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to ruin it for them even yeah. if they, you right. know, are bombarded with all this content? The subscribers bombarded with all this content of me like pregnant. So right. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm doing with that yet. Also, like I always thought, like, I always thought, like, I, I, I think pregnant porn is hot, (laughs) but like I always thought like it's kind of fucked up because it's like, imagine like my kid is like in middle school and his friend sees a pregnant porn of me. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, yo, I saw you in a porno. (laughs) You're afraid of that one line that that kid can say. Yeah. 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 Just take, you could just take it down though. Oh no, but can you? It's the internet. It's nothing. The else. internet. Yeah. That's another thing. My mom said the other day, like when we were talking about the pregnancy, she was like, "You should talk to a lawyer about having things taken off the internet." And I was like, "God, you do not understand <laughs> anything about the internet." But you actually said, "I'm going to look into that, mom." Yeah, of course I did. Of course, I was like, "Okay." I mean, right. it's easier than having a conversation about it. Yeah. But that kind of answers your question before. Like, does she understand how much success I've had in porn? Probably not. If yeah. she thinks. It's on the level where I could talk to a lawyer and have yeah. it removed. Can't you hit like Apple A delete <laughs> yeah. on the internet? No. <laughs> um, so OnlyFans, you talked about that. Mm-hmm. And briefly explain OnlyFans for those who don't know. So OnlyFans and Model Hub, um, which is the Pornhub version of OnlyFans, is kind of like it's a, it's a subscription-based service where you can 
It's it's basically like having a private Instagram that you can do anything you want on that mm-hmm. people pay for. Mm-hmm. So like for example, mine is twelve ninety nine a month and I upload between like I would say three and seven times a week. Wow. I'm pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to because they're twelve ninety nine a month. You could just do it once a month. Yeah. And like some people don't upload for like months. Oh, like but then you want them to keep uh, renewing their subscription. Yeah. Right? And like I'm for me, like because I'm not shooting mainstream porn, like that's my outlet right now. Mm-hmm. Is like because I still want something, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like it feels but good. But it's to only me. masturbation. It's it's only masturbation, and like, but it's it's. I do a lot of like stuff in like public or like all. It's kind of like keeping people posted with my life, but there's also masturbation in it. If it's that not makes all sense. sexual. It's not all sexual. Most of it is. But a lot of it's just like silly, stupid shit. Like I'll be cooking at home or like I'm flashing in Whole Foods or like, you know, just like all different kinds of like just stupid shit. And this $12.99 per subscriber, how does it do for you personally, financially? It's like, it's, it's the most money I've ever made in porn. I'll say that. Even with like Vixen contracts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that? A contract is actually not, so... People think like contract stars are who's making money. Yeah. It's they're making the least money. When I was signed to Wicked, uh-huh. I made the oh, least Wicked, amount sorry, of money. Not, yeah. No, Vixen, but Vixen's a huge company okay. right now. Vixen's kind of the new Wicked, I would say. Mm-hmm. Vixen is like one of the largest companies that contracts girls right now. They're huge. But um they so when I had the Wicked contract, I made the least amount of money I ever made in porn. But what's the advantage? You just have the least amount of sex too? Um well, there's job right. security, right? Yeah, right? So, like, let's say I break my leg, I'll still get paid that month, <laughs> right? Um, because you're not freelance. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, it's a lot less work. Right. You only do shoot one movie a month, and like with a company like Wicked, there are really long days because we shoot features, which mm-hmm. is like there's a plot and dialogue. Yeah. So, like, it, we're on set for like sometimes like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot easier when it's like you're contracted and that's your one gig of the month. Right. Um, and then also like the company pushes you and like... Yeah. Um, it's like um, a music analogy is like being signed to a major label or mm-hmm. being indie. Mm-hmm. And with OnlyFans, you're like indie basically. Right. Yeah. And, and actually for most of my career, was I was indie and most performers are indie. I would say there's only probably like maybe five contracted mm-hmm. stars right now. But OnlyFans sort of empowers the indie person to make money on their own. For sure. And like same with same with like even just straight up Pornhub like or or any anything where like you can upload your own Amateur, content. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's crazy like the the whole like business model of porn is totally shifting like right in front of my eyes. And it's kind of cool to watch because like People ask me all the time, like, how has the internet changed porn, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, when I got in, I was already on MySpace. Like, mm-hmm. I, the internet was already around. People were already pirating videos. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. all I know. But now, in recent years, like, in the last year or two, all these subscription-based um, platforms are coming up. Or even, like, tube sites where you can upload your own thing and, like, make money per click. Like, YouTube. So... It's like just completely like the power shift is crazy because now performers can be their own producers and make all of the money without the middleman and make residuals, which is something we're not used to Mm -hmm. because usually in porn, like you go shoot, you get your day rate and you never see money from that production ever again, Wow, which is fine. Like that's what we sign up for, Mm -hmm. but, and it's a good amount of money, but like 
it, it's cool to like be able to watch something grow and like see the numbers. And yeah. so, do you think it's over for the big production houses? I mean, they're like blockbuster video. <laughs> like they're gonna go the I way of. Maybe there'll always be a place for them just because people do enjoy like professionally shot porn, but like mm-hmm. it's it's dying. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Right. I okay. think it'll it'll eventually end up being like a few companies that mm-hmm. are doing it, yeah. not so many. Right. That's incredible that you make more on OnlyFans than you've ever made in your career. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so dope. What's their cut? They take uh 20% Okay. So I think the the divide is twenty eighty. They may have. I joined in pretty early. They may have made a twenty five seventy five now. But either way, like that's huge for us. Like in porn, we're used to fifty fifty, best sixty forty. Mm-hmm. Um, like even our websites and stuff. So it's eighty twenty. You know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And are you? You're like one of the top people, right? <laughs> I think so. Like I know at some point I was like their highest subscribed person um i think like recently a gay guy beat me i understand i get it so <laughs> right wow okay and then with that so you mentioned like taxes everything you mm-hmm. like are on the up and up with yeah yeah taxes it uh, it sucks because like i see a lot of people in porn getting in and like not knowing anything about taxes mm-hmm. and then getting hit with it yeah and they're like what and then <laughs> It's also really unfair because, like, how would you know this? Yeah. Like, they don't teach you this in school. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my parents didn't teach me anything about taxes. Mm -hmm. Especially Um, in this profession. Yeah, especially in this profession. Can you write stuff off? Yeah, I write everything off. Like, Oh, everything. Everything to do with my appearance, I write off. Your gym, your Botox, everything. Yeah, my meals between 9 to 5 if I'm working. Uh Um, uh, I mean, everything. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's the plus. And, and also, like the cool thing about like having my own thing, like OnlyFans or Model Hub, is like I'll go, I'll go somewhere, and like if I shoot a video for OnlyFans, like then that whole thing's a write-off, right? You know. So if you're at Whole Foods doing an OnlyFans, <laughs> your groceries are. Yeah, wrong. I mean, like I, I try to stay like somewhat conservative, just so because I don't want to raise any like red flags and get audited for no reason. Uh-huh. But. Yeah, like technically that could be, you know. Right. Wow. <laughs> it's a location fee. <laughs> yeah, you do have a you have an interesting puzzle that you have to figure out with the pregnancy and the OnlyFans. Yeah, thing. it's uh, I don't know what I don't I, I'm still like undecided. Because there might be fans that do want to see mm-hmm. you getting bigger and yeah. you know living life. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like so. So the other cool thing about these platforms is like I'm in contact with everyone, right? It's as simple as sending out a message and getting replies, just like on social media. It's like a DM. But it's more intimate because it's only with, it's like a DM, but also like in the comments section or whatever, okay. you know, like. Can but, you do both in OnlyFans? Like a comment mm-hmm. and a DM? Yeah. Okay. And then like, so I can even like put out a call like, hey, like what does everyone think? Which is kind of what I'm planning on doing. Oh, but the public, yeah, like let your subscribers decide. Yeah. And maybe they'll have ideas too. It, it, it's. It's really cool because, like, it's because it's such a new platform. Like, it, there's so many different ways to go with it. There's no like certain, like, there's a lot of like room for play. I yeah. feel like is your only fan feed like um, a production? Like, you have like camera crew and like no. shooter and stuff. Oh no, it's my on my cell phone, <laughs> and I just do it wherever I feel like. Literally, you don't yeah. even have a cameraman. No, 
Really? I don't have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I have a phone. Wow. So but it's I, legit you. But I think people prefer that. Mm. I, on, I don't know what works for other people. Mm-hmm. For me, I think people like that I'm just using my phone and it's my day-to-day life. It's kind of like the Twitch thing. Okay. You know, except... It's I'm like the voyeuristic, myself. yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you were, actually you were telling me that like the more raw it is, the mm-hmm. better. Like if Oh yeah. Like poor lighting, yeah. blurry. Yeah, or like no makeup <laughs> or like like really super like spontaneous <laughs> like hey, I'm driving, uh-huh. like like people like I drop the camera all the time and like like thing accidents happen all the and time where fix. I'm like I don't fix anything like wow. there's no editing yeah and like people are like kind of I think they like the realness of it do you um watch it prior to posting just to make sure like do you edit yourself at all um I watch everything just because I like watching it you like watching yourself yeah okay. like that's part of it for me you even like watching like your older, more mm-hmm. traditional stuff. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I there's there's like literally nothing I've ever done that I haven't watched. Are you getting off on yourself or are you just like judging yourself? Um, both. But like I <laughs> like an athlete, you're like, I should have I should have hung left right there. Yeah, but like I never take my own advice. Like I <laughs> like I hate my face when I'm coming and I'm like, oh God, never make that face again. But like obviously that's the last thing I'm thinking about when I'm coming. Yeah. Like it, that's hard to control. So Whatever. <laughs> it's like John Mayer's face when he plays guitar. Like <laughs> yeah. you're like, fix that. Yeah. Can't. <laughs> can't. Can't. On too much cocaine, probably. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then so. just looking back on your life, did you ever think you would make it this far? And In successful? Porn? Like not only alive, because <laughs> mm. I think that's an issue, right? Yeah. For porn stars. Like you're here, you're alive, yeah. and you're like successful on a cultural level, not just in like AVN world or, um, you know, are you shocked? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. shocked. You're shocked. I'm shocked, but I also think I, like, I don't think I deserve it more than the next person who works as hard as me because I think a lot of luck was involved. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can, like, I can, like, definitely stand here and say, like, I worked for this. And you deserve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you notice, like, candidly that you work a lot harder than other people. Yeah. In, in any field even. Like in any um, business. I don't know cuz I don't I don't really like um it's been a while since I've worked in another business. Yeah. And also this is the only business I've been in where like I'm kind of like managing myself. Mm-hmm. I guess like I've been in I've you know been like a cashier at a bookstore, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And obviously no one there's working that hard <laughs> because you know, it's like you're a cashier at a bookstore. Like mm-hmm. you're going to work as hard as they make you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I can definitely objectively say that I work harder than the average person in porn. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think that's necessarily like a really good or bad thing. Like, I think there's a lot of like downfalls to that. Like working hard. I mean, like, I'm really hard on myself. I think on some level, like, I'll never be happy, Mm. (laughs) you know. um, That's the Asian in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really hard on myself. But, like, and, and yeah, like, I think think it's not, like, the smartest way to live, I don't think. It's, like, work hard and do all. Yeah, like, I see other people that are way more relaxed and happy. And I'm, like, that's how to do life. Mm. But it's not in me to 
Like it's not in my DNA. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Is there any advice that you could offer from your learnings in your industry that might apply to like anyone that is working in any industry? Um, I mean, it's so cliche, but I think it is important to love what you do. Yeah. I think like it's so cliche, but like it's true. And I think most people don't do that. Um, definitely sign a prenup if you get married. <laughs> and <Beaver>. you, <laughs> um, but and love what you do. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think people, a lot of people think that um, the thing that they love to do can't possibly be a job. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like whether it's like, I love playing video games. That can't be a job. Right. Yes, it can be now. Right. But I, I guess also like, but also, like, to take that back a little bit, it's like, there there are days that feel like work to me. And I, even I do. Even masturbation on all Yeah. Things. No, even that. I mean, not so much the masturbation part, but, like, the stuff that surrounds it, for example. Like, I have to go shave my vagina. Like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I mean, that's, like, a really stupid example. Yeah. But there are, like, yeah, there's a lot of times, like, I don't feel like traveling. I'm sick, uh-huh. you know? And then, like, there's parts of the job that for sure, like, I'm that I have to remind myself, I'm like, it's a job, you mm-hmm. know, like I have to do it. This is the, the price I have to pay to be able to do the part that I love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth it. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. I think it's about time you shoot another OnlyFans video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this amazing episode with Asa Akira. As always, you can find out more about our show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a comment. Tell me what you think of the show. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. And you can email any questions for the show to questions at businessofhype.com. And Mr. Nevetta, do we have any mail in the mailbag? Yeah, Jeff, of course there's mail in the mailbag. This question comes to us from Shaggy Defoe. Hey, Jeff, I've been doing brand building and marketing for a while now and would like your input on how you would grow a brand based in the Great Firewall of China without using the crappy influencer route. Hey, Shaggy, thanks for that question. So you asked about China and how you can sort of promote and do brand building uh, and marketing without going the sort of traditional route of using key opinion leaders and influencers. Well, To be honest, it really is the same anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, A great brand and a great messaging statement comes to me, in my opinion, it comes from great product. Product is king. And if you make a great product, if you invest your time, energy, and spirit into making something dope and making something great, I actually think then the marketing of it becomes very easy. Um, You want the customer to be able to see through all the marketing tactics and all the BS that comes with the industry and be able to just see the amount of effort that you put into your product. So to me, anywhere you go in the world, uh, it doesn't really matter. Concentrate on the product first and the messaging will come very easily after that. doesn't matter where you're from. Um, So I hope you take that advice and uh, I hope it applies to where you are right now in China. The Business of Hype is made in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You could check them out at byt.nyc. It is directed by Daniel Novetta, and our editor is David Rogers Berry. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype. 
on Hype Radio.